0: And if you missed it, you can go back online and watch it or on Facebook or YouTube and stuff like that. You can get what is needed for it. I would say this. No matter what you go through in life, we all have problems. No matter what you face in life, there's not a person in this room that can escape problems. Everybody's got problems. People that you might not like, or you're like, I can't believe they get to do this. The people that might be so, I guess, looking like no problems touch them, they have problems too. Everybody, can we all agree on the fact that everybody has problems? We all have problems, and and it's so true. Single people want to get married. Married people, I'm not saying like that's in my marriage, I'm just saying we, we deal with those things out and about. Oh, I wish I had somebody, I wish I had somebody to lay with, and some married people are like, I wish they'd just get up out of this bed. Everybody's got problems. Some can't stand each other. Some are lonely and want to stand it. But every single person has problems. People are envious of other people and don't even understand it. Skinny people are drinking weight on, big people are drinking weight off. Uh, people got problems. Like people don't, like they're envious of each other of certain things, but everybody has problems. People with long hair want to cut their hair short. People with short hair want to buy hair. Like, I, I'm just saying, like everybody's got problems. Everybody has their own problems. And the problems in life, and we, and we get so frustrated at the problems that we face. We try to figure out a way around it. We try to ignore it. We try to bury it. We put it in a closet. We don't want to talk about it, but they do arise. Problems arise. They do. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for this day. Be with us. Do what you do best, God. Your presence is here. Our worship, we gave all we had. God I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Let your train fill this temple. Saturate this whole house. In Jesus name. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 I'm going to read it and we'll get right into it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We did that last week. If you want to, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do uh, there's two for the gospel, one, read it, two, apply it. But when we're done with like preaching and different things like that, I think the one thing I should have done when I was younger and I didn't do, because I was the next generation, I wasn't ready yet, I guess, for now, but uh, taking the sermon from what I heard and then going and rereading the scriptures and applying it. You know what I mean? And digging myself through that whole thing. Let me read this to you. Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man. Say great man. man. Say it like you mean it. Say great man. man. With his master, the honorable. Because by him the Lord gave, given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor but he was a leper. Say leper. He was a leper. He was a great man, but he was a leper. And the Syrians have gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited. She served on Naaman's wife she served that household a maid a serv a servant she was taken captive and served what's crazy is that this text is not about prophets or kings this text is not about different kingdoms this text is about a captain of an army. This whole text is about a captain of an army. And here, just bear with me as I lay this out. I want to, can I take you somewhere today? Okay, good. Ready or not, it's happening. Like three of you are like, let's go. And then lo- you know me. So some of you are like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I like roller coasters. I like going up real high, dropping real far. We'll see. So we're here we're brought into the bedroom of a captain. I started thinking about this whole thing. We're brought into a bedroom of a captain. A place where the mighty rest. A place where you can get refueled. A place of privacy. This man was outwardly accomplished, successful, revered by his peers, very successful. He was the captain of the host of Syria. He was the main guy besides the king. I wonder how much better we would know you if we knew you outside of church. I guess we're real quiet in here. I wonder what difference our perspectives would be if we saw you when your armor was stripped off. Naaman was covered with armor. Some of his armor set him apart as captain. Sometimes it's the headdress. Sometimes it's the other stuff that's attached to his armor. But it set him apart as the man in charge. Not only was he military so he could fight, but he was the captain. When he said go, they moved. When he said stop, they stopped. When he said sleep, they slept. He was in charge, Naaman. Naaman was a hero. Naaman was not a hero because of some deal. He had climbed to success with his sword. He had earned the respect. Not a deal that was done with just some people and talking, but he fought his way to be captain. Did whatever it took to to rise to the occasion to put him in a place where the king would say, Naaman, you are the captain of the host. He earned the respect. Side note, respect must be earned. It's never given. You can't be respected just because you want to be. You have to fight your way up. I remember when I was younger, people would try to, uh, they would just call me Brandon, and some would call me Pastor B. I got so many weird names. I got names you probably don't want to hear. But, and somebody said one time, one of the students came. This is a, this not even here. And this was in Arizona. And they said, well, you need to make, make him call you Pastor Brandon. I said, I ain't making nobody call me anything. Because that title, in general, as a pastor, is earned. That's a respect thing. And I'm not saying you have to, don't don't get around like, we need to be calling him that. No. You call me whatever you want. I am not conflicted which way I need to go in my life because you say pastor or not. So I don't care, honestly. But I'm saying people demand that respect. This is a little hot up here. People demand that respect. And it is an earned respect. He had been on the battlefield, stepping over other bodies, even his comrades, other people fighting for their freedom, fighting to advance, fighting his way to be who he is today. The captain of the host, the captain of the army, the king's captain. Was at a place at the top, A place where he fought to achieve, only to find out it wasn't as tasteful as he hoped. The place he got to, I've reached what I need to reach in my life or in my business or in whatever, I've reached that point, but it wasn't as tasteful as he thought when he got there. He could fight, he had favor with the king. And if you got favor with the king, you have favor with everything under the king. He was the best warrior. The king of Syria was indebted to him. That's what the word says. Indebted to him because he won the battle against Israel. This man was bad. He took out Israel. We don't necessarily talk about that as much as what gets taken out and what doesn't. But this man, was a bad man. When the Bible says that Syria had won the battle, it's because of Naaman and his mighty fighting skills. Nothing else. He was driven. You start thinking back at certain things, and even sports and stuff. We, we talk about Larry Bird. They had a team. There's other people that play on that team. But it had to be somebody that was driven. That's why ISU actually became on the map once. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was driven, and Magic Johnson jumped on the map over there in L.A. They were driven. That battle, that whole era, it was people that were driven to lead. This man was driven. A man with somebody to be respected. He was the captain. And all of that, he had a problem. We're all faced with problems. He was a leopard. He had leprosy. Undetected by the mass. But still relevant in his own life. I wonder this morning, as I've wrote this and as I'm thinking of this, you look so good. Y'all smell good. Got your nice outfits on. Is it church clothes or just clothes? I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. You smell good. Your outfits are good. Some of you are coordinated. Some of you don't match your socks. But I wonder beneath that, what are you hiding under your armor? Beneath the smell, beneath whatever it took you to get here today, what are you hiding under your armor? Naaman was a leper. After being on the battlefield, after connecting with the men, just rallying together, winning the battle, having a connection, high fiving, sword bumping, whatever they were doing, how they connected, he goes home and deals with things that nobody else knew. Goes home and deals with all the situations that are behind the armor. That, that we bury behind the armor. We smile and high five. We get to the store. But nobody knew what he dealt with. But no one knows the cost of the oil in your alabaster box. The people you work with. The people you worship with. The people you live around. No one knows and has an idea of what you deal with behind closed doors. We all have problems. I love God. I always say, like, he's so good, and you're like, he's, he's other words. I know, but he's good. Like, it's just simple. It's, it's, it's so good. I don't only need God with him in public. He's with me in public, but he's so good. I don't just need him in public. I just don't need God to shine my armor. Shine it up for me. But I need God to deal with those toxic places behind closed doors. But that's how good he is because that's what he does. No matter how much we hide it, he wants the deal. There's no option of no deal, it's deal. No matter what we look like, He's, he's so good, he will, he will do whatever and, and elevate you, and, and but then He will deal with your toxic problems behind closed doors. That's the God we serve. That thing that I have no power over, the thing you have no power over, He wants the deal. How can I be so great over here and so afflicted over here? How can I win the, the battle and defeat Israel and, and, and lose the battle in myself? Because Naaman, man, he was a leopard. How can it be the best times and the worst times at the same time? How is it good and bad altogether? together? How is it awesome that we won the war, but I'm losing the battle behind the door? How can it go so wonderful and so horrible together? In the same sentence, in the same breath. How can I be at the pinnacle of my career and come home and unbandage my wounds? Because Naaman was a leopard. Naaman was a leopard without a hospital. i got to break it down for you so you can... Oh, he just needs help. No, Naaman was a leopard without a hospital. Naaman was a leopard without a physician, without any antibiotics. Naaman was a leopard without any pain pills. Naaman was a leopard without any air conditioning or heat. He was a leopard without the benefits of any comfort. Naaman was a leopard. How can I be so mighty that I can be in charge of an entire army and change the destiny, the whole destiny of a nation and not be able to fix myself? How can I give such great advice to other people and completely unable to fix my own disease? Just don't tell anybody that I'm a leper. Because if they knew, if they knew I was a leper, I would lose my position. If they just knew, they wouldn't allow it to be the captain of the host of Syria. If they knew. Do you know what they do to leopards? Do you know what they do to leprosy? The people that have it dangling off their skin? They send leopards to Colonies and live in dens with other diseased people outside of the city. That's what they do with people. They outcast them. They put them in their own quarantine box. And they separate them. Kind of sounds familiar. They excommunicate them. Not only from the army, but society. Society. But if they would find out that their captain was a leopard, he would lose his status, he would lose his power, he would lose his financial support because Naaman was a leper. He had destroyed the power of Israel over Syria. Mighty Naaman. But a leper. I started thinking about this, but I think sometimes that the leprosy was a distraction from the stress of having it. If it wasn't enough to have leprosy, can you imagine the stress of hiding it? Not enough to just deal with what you're dealing with under your armor, but hiding it. If it wasn't enough for the disease that ate through the muscle, the muscle tissue, until your muscles rotted off the bone, that doesn't compare to the pressure that it took to hide something that stinks. Naaman was a leper. If he kept the oozing from oozing out under the armor, But how, if he kept it from oozing, but how could he control the smell of rotting flesh while he walked? If you know anything about leprosy, it is vicious. How do you control that? By the grace of God, Naaman survived the smell and visibility from his friends. and even kept his leadership, hid it well as he could. Only when he got home at night, only then would he reveal to anybody what was under the armor. Beneath the shiny armor that he is exposed as the people he leads, Naaman was a leper So, you didn't mind taking off your armor when you got home because the only person who saw it was maybe the wife and the maid. Didn't mind taking it off. This little Israelite maid he took captive, I don't mind taking it off in front of her. It's no big deal. Because who is she anyway? She's my slave. She has no title. She has no status. No recognition. No country. She's a slave. Then, on top of that, she was a woman. Who was she? See, in naming society, to be a woman, you were never equal in the first place. In his society, women were way down on the list. So, who is she anyway? I could tell her because she don't matter anyway. I could show her and have her put my armor up because she doesn't matter anyway. You can see my Percy because who are you? Never did he understand that, in spite of of society thinking who you are, when God has blessed you with a gift, you're blessed anyhow. No matter what they put as a label over you, no matter what society says, you're blessed anyhow. See, you didn't understand that with that maid. She was blessed anyhow. Church, do you know you're blessed anyhow? You might not be able to see it right now. It might not show in your job. It might not show in your status. It might not show in how you see yourself. In her own way, the little maid had more power than Naaman. Is this good, church? Naaman had became great because of what he did. The little maid was great because of who she knew. Amen. You can shout back. It's okay. I'll get through this quicker. Let me say it again. Naaman was great because of what he did. The maid was great because of who she knew. That's the truth. We try to add up to what somebody has done. Who you know will always trump what you do. She knew someone that could bring about change to his life. The little maid had every right to be bitter. She had been snatched up from her family, from her culture, from her friends, demoted to servant slash slave. She had every right to let that man rot. You see, church, the real character, the real test of character is what do you do with power? What do you do with power? It's not what you do with weakness, because weakness has no options. The real test of who you are is what do you do when you have the advantage? Who would have thought the life of the captain of Syria would be in the hands of the servant girl, of the maid? The Bible says that she was a little maid. The Bible's real clear on giving people their names and talking about things. The Bible says she was a little maid. She wasn't even significant amongst the maids. She was a little maid. Not a great maid, just a little maid. Away from her country, away from her culture, away from her own language. She was little on the outside, but she was big on the inside. God had allowed Naaman to take captive the very one who would cure his crisis. Hear me again. God allowed Naaman to take her, the very one that would help cure his crisis. It was what's so crazy is the text teaches us that the answer hear me church the answer you're looking for is somewhere in your reach you're trying to find it somewhere but it's right within your reach God will use something inside of your reach within the house your answer might be right inside this room within reach, within what you know. The answer might be there. There she is. God had a purpose for her problem. There she is. God's got a purpose for her problem. There you are. God has a purpose with your problem. We're so focused on the problem that we forget that God can use it to do something. want God to order our steps oh order our steps oh God order my steps God wherever you want to take me God just order my steps hallelujah order my steps order it God is this the step is this where I need to go is this where I need to be order my steps we pray about God ordering steps We say it until we, he orders your steps to a cut in pay. Until your steps are ordered to go through an embarrassment. Until your steps are ordered to go through a change in your life. Until your steps are ordered to go through a crisis. We're good with ordering my steps as long as the steps are going up. But we fall apart when they don't. Cause that's not how it should have been. That's not fair. Order my steps, God. You direct me and then it doesn't work out into what you want, but what if he orders it to where it needs to be? We want Him ordered. What do you do when God orders your steps and they are all in the other direction of what you wanted? What do you do when the steps that are ordered are ordered in the wrong direction that you think? Because I thought the scripture says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Because God allowed it. What do you do? Is he just your God in the good times? Or is he your god when you're captive in a situation that you cannot correct, you cannot control? Naaman and the woman were in similar positions because she in a place, she's in a place that she couldn't get out of. And so was he. The thing that's common between Naaman and the servant girl is that they both were held captive to something. And she probably looked at him and just stared at him and said, man, if I could only be like you, if I could only be like you, Naaman, I could be free. I could have control over my life. I could eat what I want, say what I want. I could go home. I could just come and go as I please. I can sleep when I want. I wouldn't have to, if I could only be you, Naaman, but what she didn't realize is Naaman was probably looking at her and saying, you know, looking at her and her skin that was as pure as it could be and saying, if I could just be like you, if I could just be like you, if, if, if my skin could be whole and not fall apart and not smell the rotting of flesh and, and this, this disease that is eating me alive, if I could just be like you. I could only be like you. As he undressed, she had a decision to make. As he undressed, there was a decision to make. Will I help the man that holds me captive? Will I help him? Will I help him? He's in my hands. Will I help the man? Or will I sit back, keep quiet, and let him die? See, if the wrong maid had been held captive, he would have died. If an evil, spiteful woman had been held captive, she would have withheld anything she would do for him. But the problem with holding back on what you could do is when you hold back on what you could do, God holds back on what he can do. Let me say that again because I don't think it's sinking in yet. When you hold back on what you can do or what you could have done, he holds back on what he can do now. It's because you are no, no more deserving of the blessing you seek than the blessing you withhold from the person you can't stand. Until you learn to be merciful, you will never be mighty. Your greatest test, your greatest test might be how you handle the person you dislike, the person you can't stand, the person you hate, the person that bothers you. Your greatest test might just be that. The little maid had helped for Naaman, and she says, Hey, there's a prophet in Israel. If you would just go see the prophet, he will set you free. Now here's the big thing, guys. Here's the twist in the story. You have to be willing to go into a country you just conquered. You have to be willing to deal with the people you've been coming against. The people you've been trying to kill. You have to face those people. So glad he didn't kill them all, because one of them had the cure to his curse. You have to face back the same people you were so ticked at and cut up, and you're like, I'm never gonna do that. Why? I thought I got him. And you're at a place now where if you just go back to where you just defeated, where you were just where you don't want to go, basically. Your cure lies within the place you left. I don't know if you understand how deep that is. You're talking about the head guy of the entire army that just defeated Israel. The man's walking all the way back into the place he defeated. The real test of, 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 of Naaman is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want healed? How bad do you want set free? How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to leave your comfort? Do you want it bad enough to leave that recognition of your peers? Do you want it bad enough to go to Israel and get well? So Naaman had to go talk to his boss, which the boss is the king of Syria. And the king of Syria writes a letter to the king of Israel. These two countries have been at conflict. They are now a fragile state of peace, fragile. After they defeated him, there's a fragile state. He writes a letter, gives it to Naaman. Naaman goes to the king of Israel and hands the letter off to the king. And the letter almost caused another war. Almost caused another war. Why is the the host of that army coming up to me? You're the one that defeated us. My king brings a letter for you. I come on behalf of my king, but he comes for himself. The king was just trying to help him. He writes a letter he gives it because the letter was asking the king of Israel to handle something beyond his abilities. When he gets the letter, he's furious. He rips his clothes. He's so frustrated. He rips them. Who am I, God, that I can heal his disease? Because the letter says, I need you to heal him. Who am I? And see what happens is Elisha hears of it. And basically says, I got this. Because it's not about who Elisha is, it's about who Elisha knows. It's constant. There's a constant message with this that God keeps trying to teach Naaman that your healing is in your humility. Let me say it again. Your healing is in your humility. I'll do it for you if you humble yourself. I'll do it for you if you take the advice of the maid you captured. I'll do it for you if you go down to the country that you think is beneath you. Face the people you think are beneath you. I'll do it for you. Here's Naaman keep trying to go up and God keeps trying to bring him down. Well, Why didn't that happening? Why is this going on? Why is this? God's like, I'm trying to tear you down. Naaman's trying to see kings and princes and God is putting a healing amongst prophets and maids. The way out might not be in the direction you thought. There you are in the palace. You can't get healed. Wearing clothes that can't fix you. Buying stuff that's not going to satisfy the problem. Naaman had a lot of stuff. He even said, if you're reading it, how much he brought with him. The truth is, God put your deliverance in a place you would have to humble yourself and willing to come. God didn't promise to heal you in your neighborhood or set you free by the people who share your culture and thoughts. The question is, how bad do you want it? When you look at it like this, you realize the leprosy isn't necessarily attack from the enemy you look at your problem isn't necessarily attacked from the enemy. But a sovereign maneuver by God to bring a soldier to a place of destiny. If he had not been afflicted, he would never have found the door to what God wanted him to do. And the door was humility. The humility only works when the mighty stoop down I can't get deep into this but it makes me want to talk about it. (laughs) See the woman caught in an act of adultery, Jesus only heals her when he stoops down. Makes me want to think about Jesus. Jesus himself is God stooping down. That when God got ready to redeem the world, he could not do it as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, nor the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he stooped down and took on human flesh. Because when the mighty humble themselves, God is about to do something great in their lives. Maybe God has used this problem to humble Naaman into a place of submission. How do you teach a soldier how to submit? The captain of the host is used to giving orders. Now because of the disease, he is having to listen. Because of the problem so big now in his life, he has to listen, not just to the king of Syria, but to the maid he captured. There are some problems that I promise you will bring you to your knees. Someone you love dearly gets really sick. You'll go wherever. You'll do whatever it takes. It'll shake you to your core. Some of you would never have been here if the circumstances had not brought you to a place for hunger and thirst that you decided to get out of bed and say, I'm going down to Remnant Church today. I'm going to remnant church today because I know I can get my healing there. There's a prophet over there and I know I can get my healing. Whatever it takes, I'm getting up and I'm going. Whatever it takes to get the cure. Whatever it takes to give me the peace I need. Whatever it takes for the sleep at night. Whatever it takes to get joy to, for my purpose. I'll drive an hour to church just to be here. My prayer for you today is something happens to you. That your prideful spirit that squirms in your chair right now falls apart. God destroys all that, drops you to your bottom. Because when you humble yourself, he exalts you. But it's only a test in just a few that you will decide that fate. It's only going to be your decision. Something's going to happen this morning. Can it stir in your spirit that something could happen that hides beneath your armor, that it could all change today, that this is the day? You have to be willing. Naaman goes down to to Syria Goes down from Syria, goes down to Israel, goes down to the prophet's house. And the prophet won't even come to the door. I'm looking for the king, I'm looking for this other king, and I need a prophet to do something and wave something to to just get it off me. And the prophet won't come to the door. Do you know who I am? I think that's naming in his big hosting of things. You know who I am? People want to be around me. I'm a warrior with a problem. I just left your king, and I just left my king. I stand in the presence of kings, and you ain't going to come to the door. jack looking pastor, you won't come to the door? And Elisha sends a servant. Another servant. Sends a servant to the door. So I got to go down from the king of Syria to go to Israel, go down from the king of Israel to a prophet, and go down to the prophet's house to get down to this other servant. God's trying to take you down. Then the servant came to the door and told the captain of Syria, go down to the river and dip in this filthy water of Israel and get your healing. Dip seven times. Hear me today, church. You guys good? Because I'm digging because I'm, I'm, we're about to switch gears. If you're willing to go low enough, God will heal the issue in your life. How low can you go? How low can you go? If you're willing to go low enough, I promise you this. See, what happens is is if we don't, we don't humble ourselves, and pride sets in with fear and all this stuff. But when we just lower ourselves and get it all out, just like, go ahead, God. He's like, good, I finally got you where I need you. Let's go. Sends him to the door. Because humility is always the way to get that rejoicing you need. God said, if you exalt yourself, I will humble you. But if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. That's his word. You've been trying to go up by going up. (laughs) But the quickest way to go up is to go down. Because whenever you go down, you will come up. When the seed in the spring gets put in the ground, it goes down and guess what happens? It comes up. Whatever goes down will come up. The servant tells Naaman to go to the water with all your armor. Get in the water. With all your trophies. With all your titles. With all your position. With all your and dip in that filthy water. What is God trying to wash out of Naaman? The leprosy on the outside was only a reflection of what was eating at him on the inside. Whatever God was trying to get out of Naaman, he hadn't got quite low enough just yet, even in this moment. I know this because this is what the word says. Because he told him to go dip in the waters. And what did Naaman do? Forget this. And he walked away. He walked away mad. God was trying to take him even lower and he didn't even want that. Forget that. I ain't getting in that dirty water. There's cleaner water over there in Syria. I ain't getting in it. And guess what God does again? Number three, brings another servant. Now listen, listen, master. If he he would have asked you to give money and give these animals and do this, you would have done something hard, wouldn't you? Have Yes, I would have. You can't just get in the water. All you have to do is get in the water. That's it. Ain't nothing hard. You ain't got to fight nobody. You got to kill something and grab stuff and take ten heads and do all that. All you got to do to get your healing is to lower yourself in the water. (laughs) Because what he was doing was trying to ask him to humble yourself, Naaman. I'll say this real loud. Your pride is standing in your the way of your destiny. Your pride is standing in the way of your destiny. You care more about your image than your deliverance. And God is determined to wash every last bit of that out of you, out of your life. So here goes Naaman. Into the dirty water to get clean. He went into the filth to get righteous. Into the filth to be elevated. He humbled himself and became obedient. Doesn't that sound familiar? Jesus humbles himself and became obedient. Naaman humbled himself and became obedient. Saul on the road to Damascus humbles himself and becomes obedient. If all of them have to humble themselves, why are you still on your horse? If this is a pattern throughout the Bible and a, and a way to live, why are we still sitting on this horse? Humble yourself. You've got to get down. Get down before the day's over. Get down. Get down with the old problems before the the night's done. This is the season in this moment. Get down. Humble yourself. This is the season to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Humble yourself. Get down. Season to humble yourself to get down to get down I, I got to do something and this is going to be so Naaman Naaman is finally realizing from three servants what he's got to do Doesn't want to do it. I don't even want to do it. And he realizes that i got to make a journey to the water. Naaman. Hannah, you're going to have to hit that button in the back and roll this up. Naaman. Naaman gets in the water. Naaman gets in. He finally humbles himself. Okay, I'm in this stinking water. I don't know what to do. I feel foolish. I feel embarrassed. I don't even think God... What am I doing here? Don't you feel like that sometimes? Sometimes. Why am I even back here at this church? Or maybe you came once. Hey, this is my first Sunday. I'm in the water. God's like, you've got to humble yourself. Just humble yourself, Naaman. And the devil's in his ear. You shouldn't even be in here. You're a leader. What a fool. Look at these people. They're just going to make fun of you. He said, but I have no other choice. I have to do it. I have to dip. And he dips. He's in the water and he dips. And nothing makes sense right now because my... Healing has not came yet. I dipped. I'm here. Who am I, God? Here am I. There's nothing healed here. This water is filthy. I was cleaner with leprosy than I am in this water. But I have no choice. I came back. It's my second Sunday to church now. I came back. It's always hard to come back on the second time. Remember? Do you remember the time when you first came to church and you came your second time? How excited you were about the house of God? You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to come. But there's other people that are there and they're hurting and they almost take the air out of the room. Everybody's afraid to lift him up and shout to him. Naaman's like, I gotta dip again. (laughs) I gotta do it again. And here I am on my third dip. It's setting in a little bit, but it's not happening. Y'all, you told me to get in this thing. They don't even have the nerve to come here. Not even the prophet sends a stinking servant to me. And then they stay home and let me just go do this on my own and figure it out. God's trying to tell you, humble yourself. You don't need anybody else's approval. Humble yourself, church. You wonder why this is full? Let me just tell you real quick. It's not full for me. This ain't even for this sermon. I wasn't even going to do it. I filled it up because we're about to have a baptism service. It has nothing to do with this. Because it's ready for a baptism service. But as I'm standing up here, God says, humble yourself, son. Go dip. Go in there and dip. God, but I got my church clothes on. I got my, I got my shoes on. I don't care if I'm wearing J's, E's. I don't care what it is. It's not, that's not going to determine my healing. Well, I better get prepared. Let me take my stuff off so I can get in the water. Let me put on the right outfit. When God says go dip, you dip without question. You dip without question. He had nothing to lose. Here we go again. Let's dip again. Couldn't it have happened? I mean, he said "dip" seven times, but you got to think—maybe I'll, maybe it's going to happen on three. One, two, three. Why? The water's shaky. The wind's blowing. People are staring at me. I got my—I got my armor on. You got me out here dipping in this shaky water. You got these stinking fish nibbling at me nibbling at the flesh that has fallen off my bones. What am I doing here? I'm better off to just be the the man I'm, I'm created to be. And I'll find a way. I'll find a path. I'll find somewhere else. And I'll exalt the Lord and myself at the same time. But God says, no, go for it. Okay, I'm halfway there, just over halfway. This is where the test happens. This is where you decide you want to get going and dip again, or you get out because you don't see the results when you want to see them. So you sit and you straddle the fence and you come to church half dipped, half in the world, half mad, half holy. He said, Either you're going to be hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord. Too many times. If we're being honest, you know how many people have left the church because they just didn't continue to dip? And they're searching somewhere else, and they're mad. And and you cry because it hurts, and you see the trail of water that leaves behind them. If you would have just dipped again, you only have three more times. You're already in the water. Gotta dip. I'm gonna do it. I gotta go again. Then you get a phone call. Or something happens. You're trying to dip up out of this situation, and something happens. It gets worse. And then you've got the option, I need to get out. Something's going on with my child. Because the enemy knows where to pull you from the, the worst part. Something's going on with this situation. I got to go. I got to focus on this. And he's like, stay. Just humble yourself and dip. I got that. Stay. You've already done it five times. Just stay. Okay. Okay. Is it there? It's not gone. It's still not gone. He said, dip seven times. Not six, just dip seven times. You just got one more. But it's not gone. I've dipped six times. How long am I going to stand in this water? I can't do this. I got too much going on. My mind's everywhere. I'm still mad. You got me in the place where I defeated, the place I didn't want to come back to, the place I'm frustrated dipping in the water. Are you kidding me? If you just dip one more time, if you could just dip one more time, if you could just get in the water, And stay and dip one more time. Six. You're on the last one. All you got to do is dip. You're on the last one. All you have to do is submit. You're on the last one. All you have to do is listen. Six. This is it. Just go down. Just go down. Because if you go down, you will be healed. Is it true? Will it happen? Will that really happen? See, this is where it is in the end. This is the locking point. If you go down on the sixth time, he had no healing He had six experiences of disappointment, and if we're going to count even more, there was more than that because of Naaman going to see the prophet and the way that went down and the servant girl and everything else. But in this water, he had six disappointments, and the people are just hoping: Is it going to happen? Can it just start falling off? It's not. I'm not even seeing slow results as I'm dipping. There's nothing happening. Who's going to be the servant? Dip one more time. Just do it one more time. See, six is the number of man, six is the number of flesh, six is the number of human effort. I've done six. And the devil says, Get out of the water. It's not working, it's not worth it. Stay mad, leave the church. Get out. Get out while you can. Oh, you like all this better? Go. Don't go. Go. Stay there. Nope. Do that. Nope. Leave. Go. Six of them, the, the, the sign of flesh. But see, seven represents completion, wholeness. God told me to tell you today that you're on your last dip. Dip the flesh out, the discouragement out, the dysfunction out. Dip it all away. He got seven times. He dips. Seven times. He's healed. His seventh dip. He gets up out of that dang water. And it says on the seventh time that his skin was like a child's skin. That, that and it is what God says. That the Lord says, like, if you just come like childlike faith, that I'm going to do something great. If you just come the seventh time, the seventh time, if you just dip that one more time, God will set you free. If you just do it, He's gonna set you free. If you dip one more time and bring it to the Lord, He will set you free. If you just dip one more time, He will bring you out of the pain, bring you out of the crisis bring you up out of that anger out of the slumber wake up church I'll tell you this church the reason the last year and 10 months has been the most difficult in your life is because you right now are on the last dip you've been dipping and it's been hit and miss you've been dipping But I'm telling you, this is it. This is the last one. What are you going to do about it? Just one more dip. Just one more. Your circumstances are not beyond God's abilities. When Naaman came up out of the water, he was healed, he was whole, he was set free. He was healed, he was whole, he was set free. We could stop the sermon right here. Yeah, you see my path. And like I said earlier too many times, people take that path and you see the footsteps walk out of here because they they stopped. Dip 7 times. Just walk one more time on that seventh time around that wall. It's going to fall down. Just step seven times. See, we could stop the sermon here. But if you stop it right here, you miss the purpose of the problem. It was never about Naaman getting healed in the first place. Yes, do we want you healed? Absolutely. I believe me personally dipping, God did something in my soul. I have to stand on it. I have to live by it. Am I crazy? Absolutely. He had me be a pastor. He gave me you. (laughs) But if you stop in this moment, and we walked out, we missed it. Syria idolized other gods. They didn't believe in Jehovah God. So it took somebody they respected and made him sick enough that only the God of Israel could heal him. When Naaman came up out of that water the seventh time, I have to serve the God that delivered me. I'm going to serve him with all my heart. To the fact that Naaman, read the story, Naaman even sent a letter for permission to get oxen to offer up in Syria unto the God of Israel. He went back to Syria to build an altar and offer up a sacrifice to the God of Israel in a pagan country. The most respected man besides the king goes in and offers a sacrifice to the king of kings, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and lifts him up. My skin, I ain't got nothing to hide now. He healed me. I was dying. But there's some people, there's some people that you have influence with that will never believe in God. But through your trials that you have been through, God is going to use your deliverance to convince them that they need him, that they can be set free themselves. When you're praying and you're asking God to use you, we're not talking about, oh, maybe I can do this and serve and sing and this and that. That's not what we're talking about. God's wanting to use your dysfunction. He wants to use what you hide and only bring out at night. But nobody else knows if they really knew the real you, that's what God wants to use. Because he wants his name glorified to bring bring glory to the world you wrap around. Your world. The people you associate with. It's a prime example of Lazarus. I'm not going to heal you yet, Lazarus. I'm going to leave you sick for a little bit, Lazarus. Actually, Lazarus, I'm going to let you die, Lazarus. Don't be scared, because when it's all finished, I'm going to raise you up again. But not right now, Lazarus. But it will happen. Mary, Martha, I need you to knock it off. Quit arguing. Y'all bicker amongst yourselves way too much. Knock it off. Let's bring hope and faith in the room. Because I want the unbelievers to see the resurrection of my power. There's a group of people that will not believe until they see you come out of what God took you through. I took you through it because your situation serves a purpose. The problem you have serves a purpose. Stand with me. I'm going to encourage you. If you want, if you want prayer, I'm a dripping mess. And I don't care. I don't even know what happened back there. Hope I didn't ruin everything, but it doesn't matter. I had to do what God told me to do. I didn't have the right attire. Sorry. You know, what's funny is God says, just come as you are. You know what I mean? Well, God, I didn't have the right clothes on. I don't have my baptism clothes on. He said, if you just go and dip seven times, you're going to be healed. And I don't know for you today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you. And I'm telling you right now, like I said in this room, The next step you take is you're probably going to be your seventh. But are you willing to take that step? It has nothing to do with me praying over you and you feeling a certain way and this and that. It's more about your obedience of taking the steps yourself and standing in the midst of it and letting the Holy Spirit just run over you. That that seventh fall, I'm going to just dip down. If I have to dip six times on my own. If I just have to just get under. If you would like prayer, and you know for a fact this moment, I'm going to pray and then we're going to leave. Because you've got to take that with you. I'm going to encourage you to come up here. And I'm going to say a prayer over you. I could say it where you're sitting, but how... How, how's that work? What we're trying to kind of get to understand is that you have to humble yourself. What we're trying to get you to understand is that sometimes you've got to get beside yourself because your mind's wondering right now if I should go, should I not? You're, there's situations. Nobody hit a gun and said, three, two, go. Okay, on your mark, get set. Green light. If you don't, I'll pray for myself That's, it's fine it's serious this might just be one year and ten months we're just in October you might have been through the worst time of your life all this crazy stuff going on you've dipped six times and could it be today that today's the day today is the day That my mind's whole. That what I'm struggling with inside my soul, the battle, the argument I have with the king of kings gets taken care of. Could it be today? Could it be? Come on, this is a faith walk to the water. Can you hear it? He's calling you. Can you hear the water rushing? The streams going? Fish flopping around? It might not look like the prettiest water, but it is water. Can you hear it? Can you get your feet in it a little bit? Can you get it up to your waist a little bit? Don't go too far because the current might take you, but just enough so you can dip. Can you feel it? Come on, this just might be it. Could it be it? Could I literally walk by faith and say, God, for me and myself right now, the full out healing, I'm gonna take the step to the front. Could it be this moment? Could this be the moment? I wanna give a few more minutes and I'm gonna pray. Come on. Come on. Who's the friend? Naaman was ticked. I ain't getting in that dang water. I've done everything else. I've, dro- I've got here on these stinking horses and all these servants and these donkeys and all this stuff, pulling all this stuff. See, Naaman thought he was going to get his healing a different way, and he brought a lot of gold and a lot of animals, all kinds of extra weight that he wanted to take just to get his healing. And what he didn't realize is all he needed to bring was himself But I'll tell you this, God is so good, the weight you carry and all the baggage you have, he's not afraid of it. Just bring it to him. This is what I came with because it's a long travel for me. Okay, so when you turn around, leave it because all you need is you. You're healed. All you need is you. You're healed. You're whole. Your skin is like a child. This is it. This is it. Anybody else? Just gonna ask, just a couple more times. Am I gonna do this? You feel it? It's weighty. It's weighty. If the thoughts in your head from your seat are "I'm good, I got everything over K," you need to humble yourself because everybody can humble themselves. God, whatever it takes. I don't want this anymore even the pressure Whatever, what pressures do you have What is work overbearing humble yourself give it to the Lord dip again let him take it let him just wash it with the river and it just takes off see your, your, your dysfunction your disease your dis-ease, dis-ease disease goes down with the river and you stay and it goes let it go let it go. Dip again. Dip again. Dip again. Okay, I'm going to pray. You can stay as long as you want, I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it like this, and I get everybody's got their own time thing. I'll stay in the water as long as I need to to get healed. Whatever it is. And it's not all physical. you know how refreshing it was for me to go underwater? My mind trying to process stuff. Think about those moments God told somebody in the Bible, let the dead bury the dead. I'm like, I don't want to let it die. Being overwhelmed. But it doesn't matter. Listen, if you just humble yourself and give it to God and just go up under the water cause if not I'll tell you this and it's almost like a warning you will walk out of those rooms the way you have felt for a while and you better look for water somewhere he's trying to do something right now why wait he's trying to do something in this moment why why wait why why not you you that prideful the Horses with the other mates, they'll take care of your horse. Just come to the water, let him drink, and you get in. Hallelujah! Everybody, close your eyes. Just I want you to just try to focus. Just this is just a moment of focus. Hallelujah! If you can just trust God. If you can just humble yourself. If you can just hold your peace. If you can just stop doing the things your way. God says, I'm not going to heal you your way. God says, I'm going to heal you my way. It's not going to make sense to you. You're going to have to humble yourself and shut your mouth. You're going to have to look weak in order to win. It's not going to make sense, but you're going to win. You're going to have to dip in dirty water. But God says he's going to bring you out. God says, I'm using this situation. You dread the most in your life. To move you to a place to prepare you. I've moved things. I didn't let your overtime work. I didn't let the people who normally help you help you. I didn't let you get that job for that reason. Dip! See, pride is screaming right now, flesh is upset. Arrogance does not want to bow. The enemy says, just go back home. Do what you normally do. React the way you normally react. But purpose is saying, shut your mouth and dip. If you dip, If you stop trying to fix it your way, if you stop trying to have the last say, if you dip again, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a testimony. Your latter days are greater than your former days. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. I'm going to give you joy, the oil of joy for mourning. I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Just dip again. Swallow your pride and dip. Dip again. I'm working on something. Dip again. I'm teaching you. Dip again. I'm training you through this. Dip again. I'm breaking generational curses through you. Just dip again. I'm changing your whole family through you. Just dip again. Your dip is going to set your family free. Get here and dip. Dip again. The devil won't pass through another generation if you dip again. If you humble yourselves, God will exalt you. Go under the water of worship. Go under the water of praise. Demons can't swim. Trouble can't swim. Dip again. You're gonna drown that leprosy. You're gonna drown the enemy. You're gonna drown the situation. You're gonna be set free in Jesus' name. Dip again. Hallelujah. Nobody needs to lay hands on nobody. This is an individual dip. Ain't nobody needs to sprinkle anything on you. You dip. You're going to be set free. Holy cow, you're going to come out like that child that you've longed for. You're going to come out when when you didn't have to, it was careless. You're just like a child and, and everything was fought for you and everything was just free to live. He said, I had skin like a child. I'm free. Hallelujah. We stand on your word, God. God, we realize that our pain and our situation serves a purpose, that whatever we got going on, you've allowed it to happen. And that's hard to take, God, because some of it sucks. I'm just going to be real. But you've allowed it for a purpose, and that purpose is going to serve a situation that's going to help set somebody else free. And you're so good, you're going to set me free in the process. Hallelujah! We worship We're wounded at times, God. But we didn't say we're not your soldiers. We did say we declare war. But sometimes we get wounded and we have to get off the battlefield and dip again. And then... You call us back to keep moving. Now you got young spirit. Now you got young skin. Now you got the freshness of who He is. The joy that lasts through everything. The peace that passes all understanding. I won't stop at 6. I won't stop at 5. I'm not stopping. I'm going to dip again. And God, you know how crazy I am. As I get out of the water, I might dip one more time just because. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this refreshing moment. It has seemed so painful because you have to be willing to expose yourself, to pull back the armor and say, This is my struggle. But I heard there's a prophet in Israel that knows somebody that can heal me. Bottom line, church. Bottom line, humble yourself. You want to reach the sky? Fall to your knees. You want to get real high? Get as low as you can. The moment you humble, the moment you face up to who God is, He'll have you face down in His presence. Humble yourself. God, we thank You for this day. God, if I had to get up in that nasty water, which wasn't too bad, but I felt like I was there. I felt like I was at the river. Thank You for healing me. Thank You for this freshness, God. God says, dip again. Don't wait till the end of the year to get your new year Start it now. Walk into your new year in a couple months. Now. Walk now. Be refreshed now. Don't wait for a year to be over. Be thankful this year's still here because he's used your situation. Now here's the end, church. What he's going to do now is when you leave this place, The wholeness, who you are. The healing of what he did. The people you're going to surround yourself with. Some people are going to be bitter still. Some people don't want to believe it. Some people are still mad. But it can't stop you from declaring that God healed me. I dipped. But that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't. But I dipped. I don't care what makes sense. I did what God asked. So be it.